Hello and welcome to another episode of I don't know what we call this heart standard beefing. Yeah, let's let's go for that. Whatever whatever we call this, uh, just us talking about hearts uh, related stuff. So yeah, welcome to another episode of that. My name is Joel Sked and I am joined by James Kearney, and we're here to discuss the Player of the Month award for Alan Forrest, plus a preview of tomorrow night's Wednesday night's game against St Johnston in. Perth as Hartford Love go looking for their fifth away win in succession in the Premiership. So we'll start. We'll start with uh, we'll start with the trip to St Johnson. It is. Uh, it, it, I've, I've not. I've been meaning to look this up actually, but uh, it, it seems like any time Hearts play St Johnson, it's a midweek game, and it is. Uh, it, sorry, just any time Hearts play St Johnson in that McDermott Park, it's a mm. midweek game. I'm, I'm intrigued to, to to see how tomorrow's t- tomorrow's game goes because it's playing St Johnson for the third time this season and it's it's going to be kind of like like the third um, kind of almost iteration of St Johnson because played them at the start of the season at McDermott Park. Stephen McLean was in charge. Hearts won two 0 Played them at Tynecastle. Craig Levine was one of Craig Levine's very first games in charge. One one nil. Whereas now you're playing St Johnson's side where Craig Levine and Andy Kirk have been in the job for a. F- few weeks now, a fair few weeks now, and they have had quite a lot of, uh, not quite a lot, a wee bit of a, a wee bit of an overhaul, many overhaul in the mm. January transfer window. So what are you, what are you, what are you expecting from tomorrow? Honestly, I think it might be a bit of a slog. I think it's going to be, a, mm. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be um, as much fun as Saturday was, for instance. I think Saturday you know, it's quite end-to-end, quite an open game, quite entertaining. I don't think Craig Levine uh, sets his teams up to play in such a <laughs> in such a manner. I think it's going to be tough. Like we know that, I imagine that even though St Johnson are at home, I think it'll be quite similar to the game at Tynecastle, where St Johnson are going to be sitting back, sitting deep, sitting off, daring Hearts to try and find a way to break them down. And you know that game at, at Tynecastle earlier in the season, it worked for a large spells. You know they did make life really difficult, and well, Hearts deserved to win in the end that day. It was tough going, and I think it'll be another match like that, maybe similar as well to the the Livingston game uh, a wee while ago at Tynecastle, maybe about the start of December, when I think it was maybe the 82nd, 83rd minute it took until Hearts took the lead and through Vargas. I think it's going to be one of those kind of games. I think it's going to be quite tense, quite cagey. Um, and I think the, the onus is going to be on Hearts. I think St. Johnson are quite likely to just kind of sit deep, play defensive, defend what they've got. And make hearts try and break them down. So, yeah, I think it could. I think it could be quite a tricky watch. Um, I think it'll be a battle, and we know, you know, hearts fans know better than anyone what a Craig Levine team's like. You know, we we know exactly what it's going to be like. We know exactly what to expect. There won't be too many surprises. I wouldn't think. It's just going to be one of those cases of just you know keeping the ball, trying to keep doing the things. You know, try, try to keep the kind of principles of play that Naismith likes. Try to keep doing those, and then when the possibility arrives as well, try and hit them at pace, try and hit them on the counter. If they do, throw men forwards, which it's not going to happen very often, but it's going to happen occasionally if they're the home side. But I I think it's a tough game. Um, They're not in the best of form in terms of, you look at their form book over the last maybe seven, eight games, I think they've only got the one win. But at the same time, I think that they have markedly improved since he came in. I don't think McLean, I, I I don't think they could have gotten much worse from when McLean was in charge. And I just think that it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be a tricky, tricky away day. I don't think it's going to be one for the neutral, put it that way. 
No, I'm just I've, I watched. I actually watched a wee bit of. I watched a wee bit of St Johnston at Ross County at the weekend, and uh, <laughs> the. The first, so what I think we watched the bulk of the first half, and straight away was like, right, that's what we could expect on Wednesday because this is remember this is St Johnson playing against Ross County, a Ross County side who are second, uh, second bottom in the league, and I was just watching a second. Ross County have a lot of the ball here. St Johnson are kind of just sitting off, and that's what it was. You you look at the kind of look at the stats. Uh, Ross County had again. I have to reiterate this. Ross County are second bottom in the league, and you think it'd be quite even with St Johnson and Ross County. St. Johnson had 37% of the ball. So you know exactly what's going to happen on Wednesday night. And you look at, look, look across it and like um, they were hoping Motherwell. Motherwell had 58% of the ball. Uh, Aberdeen, when they came to uh, McDermott Park, there was uh, Aberdeen uh, had a greater possession of uh, the ball, which you'd expect. But then even when St. Johnson went to Livingston, it was, it was 50-50. So it's very much going to be St. Johnson are going to, I think, camp and make it very difficult for, for Hearts. And they will probably, they'll, they'll have to show a wee bit more than they did at, they did at Tyne Castle because after a while, Levine made a, uh, made a wee tweak and they just allowed Frankie Kent to have the ball and they were they were not passive. I think they, they, they were set up uh, very well, but they didn't offer too much. And then Hearts probably should have won that more comfortably. But you look across the last. So if you look at the last um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games, St Johnson have not scored uh, uh, not scored more than once. So they are a team who don't think it's a real surprise that because they've been struggling that. Kirk and Levine have gone in there and they've just made them hard to beat. They've made them structured and yes, they've been lacking and they've been lacking in the front uh, kind of front third of the, the pitch because Nicky Clark's been injured. They've had to bring in uh, uh, bring in different players. Kim Pioca scored his first goal at the, the weekend and he'll be one to keep an eye on and uh, going forward when they try to counter-attack because he's quick. He looks he, he looks like he looks quite quick and quite nimble with the ball. But that's in Johnson, I think, without kind of kind of digging into them deeply. That's what we can expect in terms of their setup for the game. They've played a lot with a back three, but at the weekend they played with a back four. Connor Smith started. I'm not sure if Connor Smith will suit a Levine team at the moment where they don't have a lot of the ball. Mm-hmm. But in terms of hearts, <clears throat> what are you expecting? This is this is always the toughest question every single week. What are you expecting in terms of Naismith to uh, select? Because I'm just looking at some of the... Um, some of the comments here. Uh, Graham says, tough game tomorrow, but uh, have a lot of men. I would like to see Kingsley, Vargas and Fraser in for Civic, Grant and Oda. Um, Liam says, no chance we drop Grant. Grant is improving week on week. Oda or Vargas will start. Uh, uh, St. Johnson will score at least three tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, probably jinxed us, but mm. uh, there we go. So they, they, uh, would you agree with that? Would you, would you, bring, in, would you bring in Vargas for... Uh, for Oda, would you start Fraser would, and would you bring in uh, uh, Kingsley or Halkett for Civic, providing we start with a back four? Yeah, well, I guess that, that's probably the first point to make is that I expect it probably will be the back four again, um, partly because there's not that many personnel at the moment. Obviously, we know that Atkinson and Rose, while they're back from the Asian, they're not quite back from the Asian Cup yet. They're not ready for first team football yet. It's going to be, like Naismith said, they're going to have a wee break first before they get back into the, the swing of things again with the team so straight off the bat you know hearts are quite short of bodies at the back anyway um and then the other thing as well of course is that 
the back three was probably overkill when you think back to the game back at Tynecastle at the start uh, earlier in the season when, like you, like you just mentioned, Kent was just being allowed to have, keep a hold of the ball. Nobody was really putting pressure on him and Hearts didn't really know where to go or what to do. So I, I think that um, I think we're likely to see the 4-3-3 again or the 4-2-3-1, a variation of it. And to be honest, I'm inclined to agree with uh, with Graham. Uh, I think that Kingsley, Kingsley coming back in for Civic makes a lot of sense if he's back to full health, which by all accounts he seems to be. Um, I think he offers more than Halkett does um, at, at this point in time. And then further forward as well, yeah, you look at uh, Grant, who I think has been playing well recently, but I don't think he played particularly well against Dundee. I don't think that was his best game at all. Um, and then, you know, like Graham says, maybe it's time to give Scott Fraser a chance. You know, he's just in the door. He came off the bench, obviously, at Dens Park. Wouldn't mind seeing him. And then further forward as well, I think that while we kind of touched on this in yesterday's video as well, but um, while Oda <clears throat> started quite poorly against Dundee and then kind of quietly had quite a good game, I do think that right now on form, you've got to play Vargas ahead of him. I think he just right now Vargas is, is offering more to the team. He is more consistently, he's delivering more consistently. And then on the other flank right now, I mean, as I'm sure, we're, I don't know if we're going to go talk about it in a wee bit, but absolutely it has to be Alan Forrest. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think I think you agree Kingsley, Kingsley comes in for Civic. I agree with I, I agree with Liam that Grant has uh, Grant's been, been improving and growing, and I know that Stephen Naismith likes to freshen things up in the final third, and that's why you, you're kind of thinking mm, Grant started there might might play Fraser, and then someone will come in for for Oda. At the same time, you're kind of just wanting you're wanting Grant to get a run of games because I think that's what he deserves because he has been in and out of the team, and you maybe leave Fraser until. Start leave him till second half, bring him off the bench, and then maybe start him against Airdrie Owens on Sunday. That's uh, I think that's I think that's important to maybe ease him ease ease him in, or as Liam says here, kind of you, you drip feed him in uh, with whereas whereas Grant, yeah, you're you're trying to build him up, and he, he has been. He's a type of player that will have games where he's quiet, but. You just—it's almost like right. You're gonna have a game that's required, but you know that he can—he um, can produce moments um, of uh, kind of produce moments of creativity. And I think he's really understanding that system. I think he provides a nice balance of the system. And the yes, I think it's kind of not a flip of the coin. I, I prefer Vargas to Oda, but I think even with Forrest as well. Anytime these three players they come off the bench, they add, they, they inject something else into the team. So mm. I think there's there's that nice balance. So I wouldn't be overly fussed either way if it's Oda or Vargas because you know when things change or if they need to change that they will uh, they, they'll kind of produce off the bench. So. I mean, it's it's probably it's getting to the point where it's slightly easier to pick just because of the the, the options are a wee bit limited. But it's quite it's becoming easier to pick Stephen Naismith starting eleven, and yeah, I think I think we'll see a different. Hopefully, continue to see that different heart side, and that we will be a more cohesive attacking threat because you go back to the St Johnson game at the start of the season it was it was a wee bit messy like Callum Newhoff playing in a, as, a, as a number 10 don't really want to see that ever again and uh, and then you go back to the game at uh, game at Tincastle with St Johnston and where it was given to Frankie Kent I think you you used the words on uh, when we talk about podcast on the podcast yesterday sophistication there's there's the most sophisticated in attack so I think they're this was a game where this is a fixture which brings trepidation to Hearts fans. I think certainly in the past, mm. but now it's one that I think we should be looking forward to and thinking, right, we should go there and we really should be picking up three points. 
Well, yeah, I mean, on current form, you have to be going there and hoping for that, absolutely. And again, we look at the game against Dundee at the weekend when, like I kind of touched upon in my piece for the site, but there was the attacking play was a lot more encouraging than what we've seen over the last, you know, for large spells this season, let's be honest. You know, there's have been times where it has been a bit a bit laboured, a bit stale, and it has been a struggle. Dundee was the opposite of that. You know, there's loads of chances, loads of variation. Now, I don't think St. John's going to be quite so accommodating as that, you know, because, you know, it's a Craig Levine team that will make life difficult, but still, it will be an interesting, it will be interesting to see if, while it's a different game, different opponent, if, if the Hearts are able to re- replicate some of that attacking play against a team where it's going to be, they're going to be sitting deep, they're going to have men behind the ball, there's going to be a low block, it's going to be, they're going to make life difficult, it's going to be hard to break them down. Can then Hearts continue to do that, you know, the fast pass and balls and defeat, getting into 1v1 situations, beating their man, getting shots away. Can they do that when they're not getting anywhere near as much space? I don't know. Let's find out. So it will be interesting from that perspective. My gut feeling is they'll find it a lot harder. But again, if they can play with a similar sort of sophistication or intricacy that they did in that they did on Saturday, if they can do the same against St Johnston, then that would be an absolutely huge um, kind of point of encouragement for the rest of the season because then they could show that okay, they can do it again in these games where it's a bit more open, it's a bit more end to end. But then if they can then start doing it in these games where it's it is you know all about trying to break the opposition opposition down, if you can do it then then all of a sudden you've got very little to worry about between now and the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And we've kind of covered it, wrote a piece on the website today just about how even if hearts don't play well and it's not clicking, that we've been finding a way to win. And yeah. that's that, that's a really important quality to have. Uh, Liam's telling me to stop it. It's it's hearts in Perth. We've we've won the last. I think we've won the last two times. We've been we've been in Perth. So that hood is over. It's uh, it's it's a new look hearts now. Uh, I asked I asked Stephen Nathan today if it's if they're beginning to look upwards to uh, the, the teams above them rather than below them mm. because of the points difference. Um, he wasn't he wasn't taking it on at all. Uh, just I, I think that's fair enough. I mean, this is just me like, oh, Champions League, outside, outside chance of Champions League. No, shut up, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to bring in Tagawa here. I noticed uh, Liam Graham talking about it. Noticed last two games Tagawa's been on the bench and never got on. Yeah, uh, Naismith spoke about him on Friday uh, when we spoke to him. Let's what and I'm just getting up the quotes we said. Uh, he just say, um, "I'm still hoping uh, Kiyosuke can bring in uh, bring more in the second half of the season." Um, he's probably not done enough in games, and he's but he's probably not had enough game time on the pitch. So it's it's a balancing act, I think, with uh, Tagawa and and Hearts at the moment, where you have uh, you have a guy who. Yep, he's clearly not adapted. When he has played, he's not made the most of it. Like Spartans' game was really difficult, kind of difficult to watch. But at the same time, it's a guy who probably needs a run of games. At the moment, when you look at kind of the last few games, been chasing, uh, kind of been chasing at uh, Aberdeen. There's been pressure situations where coming from behind against Dundee, coming from behind against Dundee, uh, playing poorly against, coming from behind against Ross County, playing poorly against Aberdeen in the first half, and then a uh, much better second half. Shanklin's never going to be getting get taken off no. unless winning quite comfortably. So it's not a great situation to be in at the moment for him. But yeah, I think there's still there's there's still hope that he might um maybe when there's kind of less pressure games, if the, that gap still opens and you can afford them more time, especially for example, if we see in the cup and um, we've got league business as well, you kind of want to keep 
Shankland fresh for like the big games, big games coming up. So we, he could feasibly be get more more game time. Anything else to kind of discuss ahead of the St Johnson game? I don't. There's 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 much else. It's again, mm. it's 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 the, the the eleven picks largely picks itself. I would say so, yeah. Just because again, there's you know a couple of bodies short in defence, a couple of injuries elsewhere further up the park. Between that and just the form of particular players, it, it's fairly shooty in. I think in terms of picking the eleven. I mean, we say that we'll get we'll, we'll still get it wrong, obviously. Oh. But. There'll be there'll be there'll be a curveball somewhere. There'll be, uh, so before we move on to Forest, what is your prediction? I don't think I've asked your prediction in a while. Um, oh yeah, um, Joe, you know I've, I've got a horrible. It's going to be a, a really turgid to draw. I think I might be like one all or something like that, and just really tough going. That's my guess. Uh, I've just I've just found a new uh, new wave of confidence. I'm going to go two 0 Hearts. Two 0 All right. Okay. Yeah, let's see. I know. I know that way. Wait until we see the start of eleven tomorrow. Might change my mind. But let's move on to Alan Forrest. He got the. He was awarded the Premiership Player of the Month this season. Uh, I was. My eyebrows were raised when when I seen this, but at the same time, I, th- I was thinking across because there's three, been three games this this month for Hearts, and he's been well. Don't forget Livingston as well. Yeah, yeah, because that's so, so that's that's what's including because uh, obviously this uh, the the game at the weekend was February. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm being that after there. Sorry, not you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and because of the break, so it's like ah, oh, when you look at it, he's been one of the most productive wingers. Kind of writing himself up on just now, and he's he's, he's really when you look at to kind of peak, compare him this month over to like the league average, he's he's done really really well, and he's kicked it on, continued against Dundee where he was where he's excellent. We I think we kind of talked about it yesterday, just about uh, Alan Forrest, but spoke to him today, spoke to Naismith about him today, and he's really emerged as a as a key player. And I think going back to what Liam said at the top, where Robbie Nielsen stunted uh, Forrest Grove from the Hearts side. He started on fire, four goals in six games for Hearts. Then Robbie rotated him. Struggled, struggled being a uh, being a bit part player. Now he's a regular, superb, and it's a big things like don't want to kind of break embargoes. But Nate asked about asked Naismith about him, and he kind of looked at him. He's like the ideal pro, but he wanted to see him be not just be happy to be at Hearts, but to. to have the belief and take the opportunity to go, you know what, I can be a key player for Hearts. And he's and he's really done that. He's I think he's he's not the he's not the type of character who wants to be front and center, but I think he is someone who will listen to a manager, listen to instructions, and then having that bit of confidence, bit of consistency, and you can see the quality it brings it brings to the team. And you do have to look you look around the league and compared to what he was over the piece last season. To what he's doing now and what he's producing now, it's one of the most improved, maybe the most improved player in the Premiership. There's, there's definitely an argument to be made, considering at the start of the season, would many of Hearts fans had them in their strongest eleven? Probably no. not. I don't nah. think so. You know, um, whereas now, like we say, he's one of the first names in the team sheet. He's had an excellent month, um, and then that's the thing. You look up back over the last, you know, kind of four or five games, and. A lot, obviously, we spoke. We know a lot of the time that Hearts have had to come from behind, or they've had to shrug off a poor first half performance, or whatever it might be. And Alan Forrest has been absolutely central in every single match. He's an absolute, you know, you just kind of look back at it and go, well, if Alan Forrest wasn't there, how many points would Hearts have got in those games? You know, would they have, would they have beaten Livingston? Like, you know, maybe not. Would they have come back against Dundee either time? Maybe not. Would you know? Would they've managed to find a way to get ahead against Aberdeen? Maybe not. We don't know. So again, it's just when you look at his contribution over the last month or so, it has been absolutely huge. Um, 
the only thing I think would you'd maybe say about him is that while he's got, you know, he's been getting assists this month. I think he's maybe got a goal as well last month as well. The one thing you need to when you look at is he doesn't maybe do it quite consistently enough over the course of the full season. Like I think if you look at, uh, I think like I think he's only got four assists in the league this season, for instance, or maybe it's five or six. But obviously, four of them have come in the last handful of games. So I mm. think again about you know we've we've spoken about a lot the fact that particularly earlier on in the season. We'd, we'd see him get into brilliant positions, you know, he beat his man, getting get, get behind, and then the final ball or the shot would just be not quite there. But the really encouraging thing, I think, over the last month or so is that that final ball has been there, you know, that, that shot has been there, and we are starting to see that consistency, which is the one thing we'd say about him, where if he can keep doing what he's doing, keep playing to that level and do that week in, week out, then, yeah, he, he absolutely can be a, you know, a key player for Hearts now and going and going forward into the future. Yeah, I, I'm saying I think the, I think the, there was a key moment, a really key moment against Dundee, in that you look at, you look at his goal, he took it off Shankland, and mm. it was like Shankland dances his way through. But Forrester was like, you know what, I'm taking this, I'm I'm, I'm going to score, and I think that's that that was a that was a really good moment to see because you look in the first half where. He, it was him that kind of skipped past a few challenges, and then his shot, albeit on his weaker left foot, was was tame. And you Aye. probably want him to be a bit more of a killer instinct, but like the like the base levels there, like you, you see some of the comments. Like, yeah, Samantha says his grit shines through. Uh, Robert Gill said work rate is fantastic, and his head never seems to uh, seems to go down. And um, just on that, I mean, that's something you definitely get from. You know, David Martindale's School of Hard Knocks. Like, yeah, you you work hard and you work for the full ninety minutes. Yeah, you know? so I think I think that's definitely where that's rubbing off on him. And again, he's got he's just like as, as Liam says, he's got a selfless uh, kind of selfless nature with the, the runs he makes. You you you've 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 talked about it as well. That the uh, runs he makes with and without the ball, he is so positive with it. And I think that's maybe something that's underrated. He's, I think he's just a, he's he's a really brave player, which is important when you play for Hearts and his his willingness to take the ball. Uh, at most times, offer himself, and when he gets it, be really positive and direct. It's, it's, he's a type of player. I know that there's there's a lot of maybe skepticism, or there has been amongst the heart support, but he's the type of player that you actually think, yeah, he should really do really well at Hearts just because of his his attitude, his work rate, and his uh, his directness. No, definitely. Again, I think you made a really good point there about um, his confidence as well. The fact that against Dundee, like, yeah, he took the ball off Shankland and scored like. It was only a few days earlier. Shankland was shoving George Grant out the way, yeah. so he could get a shot off. You know, so again, like you know, it's, he's not an easy guy to get out of the way <laughs> to, to take the ball off of if you want to have a go. So now, again, I think that you're right. I mean, his, his work rate and his attitude has always been first rate. You know, even in games where he's having a poor match or when things aren't going well, he's all. You know, I don't think you could ever question his application at any point. You know, he always gives us all. He is. He is very. He's thoroughly professional, and he's always had that that raw ability and that potential there. I think you know, even going back to his Air United days, you could, people could see it. You know, he was, he was an absolutely fantastic player for them in the championship. Mm-hmm. Really, really exciting, and now he's got to the point where yeah, he is. So he's you know, he's what twenty seven, twenty seven, yeah, twenty seven. So you know, he's approaching his kind of peak years, you would think. And right now, arguably in the form of his life as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, at, at Livingston, in, in particular, his first season at Livingston, I remember his underlying numbers were incredibly high i remember like um I, I can't remember exactly what it was but i remember they were really 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 impressive uh, going back going back a few years now and that was his debut campaign this hot flight so i think now when you 
seeing it all kind of come to fruition, I'm just really pleased for him because I think he's quite a likable player. Um, and like you say, he's got that versatility. He's got that willingness to do whatever he gets told to do. And now we're finally starting to see him as well, like really trying to take the games by a scruff of the neck. And well, he's not going to be the main man. Obviously, Shankwin's always going to be the main man as long as he's here. But certainly as, as a kind of a prominent member of, of the supporting cast, Vic Forrest is really kind of relishing that role over the last wee while. Yeah, yes, and that's I think that's that's the that's the important thing is that when we talked about it in terms of players needing to step up, he has been the one to he has been one of the the players to step up and he's he is verging on being undroppable when you look at the the way that Naismith wants to rotate, but he doesn't rotate yeah, Shankland. And I think Jake Forrest is coming into that bit where you're just thinking, right, he's just playing really well. And um that's the that that's the okay. He might get a wee bit uh, if there's maybe a wee bit of tiredness, but at the same time, there's the confidence which maybe out uh, like kind of outscores the, the tiredness. So mm. and then when he's when he's thriving, that's when he's going to produce. So yeah, it'll be um, it, it's really encouraging, and I think he's he's probably the one player that kind of stands out in terms of the the players who have progressed under Naismith because last season we talked about it and. Players who looked like they were ready to kick on stagnated or even regressed. We go through a number of players, but they have started to kick on again. You look at Cochrane, you look at Kai Rose, Nathaniel Atkinson. Um, there'll be a, there'll be a few like even even, even like uh, even someone like Shanklin. But I think Forrest is the um, the picture of someone who has just thrived in the new environment that's been created and it's really positive and you just hope that he, he continues to, to kick on because I really do think he's got the quality to be a, a, a player who contributes I'm sure I just repeat myself from uh, yesterday's video but as uh, who, who can who can provide kind of 15, uh, 15 plus goal contributions whether it's goals or assists uh, in a season No absolutely you know I guess the, the one thing I'll say against him though he needs to pull his socks up. I don't. Like oh that. yeah. I, I, know, I, I turn to you a lot during games and whinge about it, but I don't like players with socks around their ankles. Again, I think it's just I've got some sort of. I think it just reminds me of Ollie McBurney, and that's why I don't like it. But I'm just like, nah, pull your socks up. Come on, man. Yeah, you can, you can have a word with uh, Alan Forrest the next time we see and see what he says. But we'll we'll leave it. I uh, we'll leave it there. We have spoken about the St Johnson game. We've spoken about Alan Forrest, and uh, we will be back on Thursday. Well, I'll be back on Thursday um, to look back at the St Johnston game and review it and see. Hopefully, talk about another win. Until then, thank you very much. Be sure to check HeartStandard.co.uk and for all the content that's gone up. There'll be. Um, Q&A with Naismith going up at half ten and a piece about Forrest going up tomorrow morning. So, yeah, we'll leave it there. Goodbye. Bye-bye.